We really should stop this fighting. Otherwise, we'll miss the fireworks. There won't be any fireworks. And here we go. And welcome, everybody, to Socket. I am the great and powerful King of Kings, Prince of all that is awesome. Derek, how are you today? Um, It has been a stressful, stressful week for me. But I'm still here, still grounding and out for you guys because I love you guys. And I really, truly appreciate you. All 50,000 of you all, whatever it is now. So thank you very much for being here on another edition of Suck It with another installment of our Mind, Body, and Soul series. Um, it's been a, a hell of a ride, you know, getting back into the whole... Uh, mental health stuff again because you know as we've talked about many times before you know i lost track of it a little bit got really excited about talking all these bands and actresses and actors and comedians and stuff like that and i lost sight of the mental health stuff again um but ringing it back in and that doesn't change anymore today because today i have with me a mental health survivor um and a, you know, he's also a mental health victim. We'll get into that as well because of some situations with him as well. But he's got a really interesting story and a lot of cool stuff to talk about today. So let's just go ahead and get right into it because I, I really want him to tell his story because that's what he's here for. So you don't want to hear it from me. You want to hear it from him. So please, without any further ado, please welcome to the show, Mr. Seth Pearson. Derek, thank you. What's going thank on, you man? How are me. you? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I'm just preparing to go uh, to Mexico, visit my mentor and do some awesome work remotely there. Um, and so I'm, I'm feeling really light and present. I'm what here. Going, what are you going to Mexico for? Well, I mean, you see, it's, it's really important for me to continue to expand my experiences. And even with having like a beautiful like sanctuary of a home here in uh, West Seattle. Uh, I, I think it's really important for me to uh, visit those that have changed my life, continue to change my life. And as I said, I'm a mentor. Um, for a lot of my life, I didn't really have a mentor um, until about uh, three years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, it, and his name is Ken Bonnet Jr. He is a uh, incredible like leader. He helped me find mature masculinity within myself um, when I didn't even know that I didn't have that. And so I continue to learn from him and he continues to learn from me. And uh, seeing him in uh, a beautiful space uh, like Mexico where he's, he feels very alive in himself will like just give me so much energy. So I'm, I'm there to, because I know when I'm at my best, I'm going to be uh, helping others and serving uh, from the best and like purest of light, basically. That's pretty awesome. 
Um, I like that. That's actually really awesome. Um, so why don't you uh, tell everybody who you are and, um, you know, what you do and stuff like that and why, you know, why you're here. Yeah. Well, as you heard, I'm Seth Pearson. I, I call myself a self-love warrior. And uh, I, I, I call myself that for a few reasons. Um, I coach others in self-love. I specifically help men uh, in the tech industry come alive. Um, because I used to be in the tech industry and I didn't feel alive. And how I've, how I've gotten here is through many avenues and uh, it's really the core message of self-love has, has rung true every single time. Uh, and so I, I help men one-on-one. Um, I do that in person, I do that um, over, over FaceTime, over Zoom, uh, and I've completely changed and helped other people change their own lives. If when people check out uh, my website, loveamp.com, they'll see there's all these testimonials. There's, I have these video testimonials as well on YouTube. And I can't make this stuff up when people say they've like started from a place of not, of thinking like they were lost, like they, they, didn't, they didn't feel connected to life. They didn't feel um, like they could create the relationships that they wanted, like to create a core friend group, to have um, a long lasting romantic relationship. Um, and now they've discovered that once they find, they find all this fulfillment and love within themselves, that that then begins to uh, mirror and reflect outwardly in the external world. Um, I like that a lot. Um, and you're not wrong. I mean, self-love is something that, you know, many people, not just men, obviously, um, suffer with on a daily problem or lack of, I should say, you know, self-love is something that many, many people suffer from every day. And it's, you know, it's one of the leading causes to, you know, anorexia, bulimia, and, you know, um, suicide and everything else like that. I mean, there's so many different things involved, but, you know, to, uh, to take the, it to the level that you have, um, what exactly drove you to the, where you're at right now? What exactly, what vehicle is, is what got you here? Yeah, I would say there's been a few, uh, big moments that, uh, that really, really look at, at self-love and, uh, the high level of it is that when I was in college, uh, that was when I was struggling with depression, that I was in a deep depression, um, that I did all of these comparisons. I, um, especially those that were going to make potentially, I was like worried about people making more money than me out of college. I was worried that if I, if I didn't get a job, what I would do, um, I didn't, uh, I didn't have a romantic life. I convinced myself that I didn't need it. Um, I convinced myself that uh, the environment that I was in in college was healthy for my growth. Um, and all of that, uh, through that experience, I, I realized I was like 24. I was even outside of college that I realized that I didn't think of myself as a man, like, and not in the sense of like, I think I might be more of the feminine nature like, or like, maybe, maybe I'm meant to be a woman, you know, it's, is more of, I didn't, 
I just thought of myself as a boy and I wanted so desperately to, to find that masculinity within myself. And there's a lot of, so there was a lot of like kind of self-hatred in, in that experience. Another pillar is that I lost my mom to suicide when I was 25 and, and the, the complexities that led to that moment um, are just so, so nuanced and so stacked that created that outcome. And at the same time, so much of it was stemmed from, uh, I, from like long before she even had cancer is um, that, I mean, yeah, it's like cancer, then all this stuff and suicides wild. But even wow. before that um, was that she wasn't able to speak up for herself, that she wasn't able to um, state her needs. And not only in my parents' relationship, just in, in her life, which eventually um, kind of led to the internal like unworthiness story that she had for herself, which is also my story or like my shadow that I'm not worthy. Um, and, af and after that, very shortly was my kind of like first like romantic relationship. And I, I initiated a, a breakup and uh, left the situation because of there was a lack of self-love within herself that kept um, showing up in, in ways of sabotage and um, just very just very harmful behavior. And it was, it's like, I knew that I needed, that I wanted to spread the message of self-love once I found it for myself. And at the same time, once my mom passed away, that's when I got the website domain, loveamp.com. Just put a basic page about self-love and talked about how I, I was kind of doing mentoring work and helping others like in general with um, uh, just like, having a better life um and then it was once i left uh that former partner that i decided how can i help people like her but without like getting so involved and then end up hurting myself mm. like oh i'll start a podcast and that's when i started the love and podcast and uh yeah there's more stories still leading me up to where i am now and those yeah those are the core the core moments so what i find interesting because i've seen this 150,000 times, including within myself. Um, and we, uh, what you just said, you had a major life, you know, trauma, and then you found a relationship, you know, pretty close to it after. And what happens in those situations is your guard is down and you seem to find the trauma you're looking for. You know, it's kind of, it's not like you're, you know, out there seeking trauma, but you already have all this trauma in your head and all this trauma in your heart. And then it, what you end up finding is even more trauma in your head and in your heart because you're not, you don't even know what you're looking for because all you have in, you know, you kind of put out into the world, you get back from the world what you put out to it. And if all you're putting out is trauma, all you're going to get back is trauma. And that's what ends up happening. And that happens far too often, especially in relationships and stuff like that. And so what you're saying Regardless of it's, whether it's a mother's suicide or if it's a divorce or, you know, abusive relationship or whatever the case might be, these patterns and habits just seem to snowball until you recognize whether the 
where the issue lies and then you correct that issue and then things kind of start to line up. Um, but you kind of, whatever you put out in the world, you're getting back tenfold. And just like you just said, I mean, it, that's the way it happens. And, you know, I'm sorry that you lost your mother that way. That's, that's horrible. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I can't even fathom that. I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, Thank but you. you know, to then immediately have to go from that to a, you know, a dysfunctional relationship, like what you were just describing, made it all that worse but it, but at the same time you had to go through that in order to get to where you're at right now in order to be the best person you can be so it, it it's it sucks that you had to go through it but it's also the, yeah. it gets the best thing for you because what because what you're totally. doing now is you know helping other people prevent that happening to them yeah it's a, it's a total gift yeah every even even the the hard truth of the fact that my mother is no longer here still it's i've been able to turn like there's this saying of like turning one's mess into one's message and uh even even to this day like i i still think so fondly and have so much respect uh for that former partner and uh i i i even have a feeling that she's watched some of these <laughs> some of my some of my interviews and seen some of my content online um and that like that she understands and knows that that's there's i've never stopped loving her you know like that that never ends um that's that's the beauty of it that's the beauty of love so it never ends come on it's only it's only expanding um and i think it's also um something that I started doing after that relationship as well as I started going to nonviolent communication classes. Um, because it's funny, the word and the name makes it sound like people are coming from violent community, like violent communication. Right. It's funny because there's there's kind of like this this spectrum. There's like like maybe those that came from like a more like aggressive um, like communication style. And it's like, I came from like the other spectrum where I just wouldn't speak up for my needs. And then I would just like suffer from that experience. Yeah. Um, and through nonviolent communication work, through studying self-compassion, um, I've really discovered that, especially like when I think of uh, that former relationship or my mom's experience is that things come to like, like happening from so much complexity um like it's not just one thing that made it so oh i had to leave that that partnership it and it didn't it doesn't mean that she's bad it, it didn't mean that i was bad it just meant like that's what led up to that moment and we both didn't have the tools to fully like evolve that relationship to be in a state that we're still no longer in contact could I message her? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's not necessarily a reason not to. At the same time, there's like a respect for space and making sure that however that relationship continues in the future and now it's in the healthiest way possible. Um, and potentially if we both had the tools to understand like, okay, this doesn't work right now. And like, let's make sure that we can both evolve through this but maybe and like be in contact a little bit you know like i just didn't i just didn't have those tools and say like uh 
with my mom, it wasn't just that she had cancer. It wasn't just that she had like um, issues with like her own worthiness or like her own issues with like not being able to communicate um, or like that the house was a mess, that she was worried about finances. Like it was all of that that compounds. And in the realm of suicide prevention and suicide assessment, um, there are so many categories to look at. There's like isolation, money worries, feelings of purpose um, in life, attachment to purpose, uh, feeling like they're a burden. Um, there's like, there's even like, do they have access to like firearms or something like that? You know, it's like, that's even like a category. There's just like so many categories. Um, yeah, so remembering that it's, and it's, so it's not only one's experience, like inner world, it's like there are external factors that can lead to these, you know, moments happening that are unfortunate. Very unfortunate. I mean, uh, you know, I attempted suicide twice, so I, I know that feeling. Um, mm. 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 But as somebody who has survived it and, you know, um, has now moved on from it and is now trying to do better with his life and help others as well, you know, it's one of those things where it's so hard to acknowledge, I don't want to say it like this because it's it sounds so weird, but hopefully you understand where I'm coming from. Mm. It's hard to acknowledge someone's struggle, you know, with suicide when they went through with it because, you know, it's like, well, you know, I didn't do it or Bob didn't do it or, you know, if what, if we can do it, you know, why couldn't you, why, why, why couldn't you mm. pull yourself out of it? Um, but mm. at the same time, it's one of those things where, you know, it, it's a selfish act, you know, all those things that you just mentioned, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I don't want to call your mom and I'm not trying to, you know, demean anything. Don't, don't mm -hmm. get me wrong, please. I don't, I don't mm -hmm. want you to be offended. Um, you know, but it is a selfish act because for whatever reason she did do it, you didn't go into that. And I'm not, you know, making any assumptions either. Um, but, you know, it's in the end, you end up just putting the hurt and the pain on the that you're refusing to deal with on other people. And, uh, you know, that's and that's a tough thing to have to deal with, because now you've got to go the rest of your life knowing that, you know, you know, that you had to deal with that. And that and that sucks. But at the same time, I love how you're turning that into something positive yeah i actually i i actually have a it's interesting because you said um it's a selfish it's a selfish act it's and uh i completely agree and at the same time i i almost think of it like it was a selfish act selfish act like not in the sense of like that's a selfish act that pain is now put on other people it's like that like my mom did what she needed to do for herself like i don't have i don't have any like blame um towards her i know that i i had a moment of forgiving myself and forgiving her um and at the same time i actually even though like say like when i've read things about like celebrities like uh, like Chester of Lincoln Park, like oh, um, I have a whole and, thing about Chester. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you know. And and then I I remember reading, and this is before my mom passed away, reading online of people like, oh, 
what an asshole he like ended up like leaving his family like he's got two kids or like well he well the, i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah hold on so we, i want to touch on this real quick as you brought it up yeah I, I was gonna bring it up but i'm glad you brought it up first in, <laughs> in all reality chester bennington is an asshole but here's why and but it's not for what you think six months before his death his passing his best friend chris cornell of soundgarden committed suicide and for six months he lived with that pain before he, he took his own life and i'll give him that that he was already a depressed person you can go back and listen to all the lincoln park songs and know that he dealt with depression on a daily basis so now he had to deal with the passing of his best friend however he saw for six months what his family what his fans what his friends all had to go through and later on that year he still decided to do the exact same thing to all his friends all his fans and his family knowing what he just went through and now he's going to do the exact same thing and that is a horrible horrible thought isn't uh it's so interesting i still see it in the it's like i understand that that point of view it's like he's doing that to his fans and family after he uh, already watched his best friend do the exact same thing so it's like he witnessed it and he knew the pain and hurt it was going to cause but he just didn't care because his pain was too much for him to bear so he's like you know what screw it i'm gonna do the exact same thing and that's where my problem lies if it was just him it would have just been a selfish act it would just been, you know, like we just said, you know, your, your pain's too much. It's a selfish act. You put your burden on your family. I, I get it. I wouldn't have said what I said. He is an asshole or whatever the case might be. But to have to have him see the results of that happen from Chris Cornell, you know, to then still decide to do that. That's where my problem lies. Interesting. I It's because uh, I don't think it's like he's not he has like or he had um he's not necessarily responsible for like other people's decisions like of course he has influence just like i have influence in the world correct but i'm um, not saying that you know his decision had anything to do with anything else but um, um but again you know to I, when chris cornell passed away i mean i listened to soundgarden for weeks upon weeks upon weeks you know after his passing mm-hmm. And it hurt. I, obviously, I'm not a friend of Chris Cornell's. I never met him. You know, I, I never even saw Soundgarden in concert. Um, mm-hmm. So what I went through and what millions of other people went through, totally different. However, there's still a lot of pain, a lot of grief there, especially for someone that, yeah. you know, I grew up with. You know, I listened to his music for 20 some odd years before he passed away. So, you know, mm-hmm. there was an a, a attachment. But again, I, I watched what his family and his friends went, all went through on TV. Yeah, and I saw that struggle, and I know, like, damn, I could have never put my family through that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then Chester lived that with his Chris Cornell's family. He lived that with yeah. Chris Cornell's friends, and he even, you know, did, you know, in memorials, he sang "Black Hole Sung," you know, live with mm-hmm. Lincoln Park. Mm-hmm. Did a lot of different things, and right. then he saw all that and still made that decision. And that's where my problem lies. It's not like, you know, he made, you know, Chris, you know, do anything like that. I have no ill will toward Chris. Chris was a, you know, a hurt person. And I, you know, but I, what Chester did, it's just the fact that Chester did it after everything he saw. Did you, um, are you aware of the, the, like, um, uh, gosh, I think, 
I don't know what the percentage is. And uh, at the same time, just the idea that um, when people are exposed to suicide, that there is a more likelihood um, and higher chance that someone will commit suicide. Uh, I, am, I am aware of that. Yes, absolutely. And so, I mean, I even think of my own mom's situation. Like this is the, this is another wild, like part of that um, experience is that I was with my mom um, I think this 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 moment was two days before she ended her life. I was visiting for um, kind of like a winter break experience. My my aunt, my mom's sister, one of her best friends, you know, was in town, and we watched this movie. Mm-hmm. And this movie had three hanging attempt scenes. Holy shit! How movie were you watching? It was like a dark comedy. Like I didn't. It's like it's pretty fucking dark. Like I didn't know who I like. It's like no one knew. No one knew that those scenes were in there. Yeah. And she ended up hanging herself. That's cool. two days later. Wow. And it's like so the exposure, like the exposure alone. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with how something exposed. You know, not not saying like how dare that movie have an exposure. It's just like. That is just a plain fact that people in tough states, especially um, I can see Chris Cornell experiencing a lot of grief, not knowing how to process it. Yeah. Not knowing how to his own you know, friends and family, maybe people didn't know how to process grief or handle pain or like know how to come. Like, obviously, people know how to come together. They came together in their own, their own ways. Yeah. And at the same time, like, what would it what would it mean if I had a family and like my mom ended her life and then I ended my life and there's still like my community has to grieve. So like, I just don't want to put any negative feelings towards someone that's passed away that was dealing with some intense pain. I just mourn the fact that it had to happen. Me too. Like that. Me too. Um, but you know, I mean, it, it came out that movie, I mean, that movie that, you know, that whole thing came out around the same time, that that um what was it called that uh netflix documentary or not documentary Mm. uh biopic or uh, 13 reasons why you know there was all this talk i don't know what that is actually um it was a um it was a a a series on netflix that basically Mm -hmm. um a girl committed suicide at the very beginning of her of the show and then they oh, find okay. these tapes of her, mm-hmm. and it says, mm-hmm. "If I ever pass away, these are the thirteen reasons why." And then, then mm-hmm. all these kids on the in the series commit suicide. It, it it's very oh, it, snap. if you watch it, it, you you watch it, and it looks like it's a glorification of suicide in high school. Mm-hmm. Many high schools yeah. even put out you know you know bulletins saying, "Hey, we do not condone this show. It's you know." Please don't let your kids watch it. It is, you know, it's right. glorifying it and blah, 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 blah. So there was a lot of controversy surrounding that. Um, yeah. But around that same time, and then the Chris Cornell happened, and then, you know, this happened. It was mm-hmm. just a mm-hmm. string of events. And then, you know, wow. that all led, you know, it, there was just too much suicide talk period whether it was for it against it whatever Mm -hmm. you know prevention however there was so much suicide talk and it was still happening and it was still being talked about and it you know i I don't know it just it felt (sighs) Mm -hmm. 
I can't even tell you how it felt. It just felt not it right. Like, oh, yeah, it felt like overwhelming. It, it felt, felt like, overwhelming um, and not it, and it, it just inconsiderate. It very like. much so. Yes, yeah. and that's another reason why mm -hmm. I say what I say about you know um, Chester. <clears throat> it was. I wonder very, even if how like how it was maybe it was handled by the news or like how other people posted about it, like that. It's like. Uh, I know I don't have any control over like how other people view me and what they do like I as like an up-and-coming person in the Seattle area like I have no idea how people are going to even say use this interview in the future hopefully for a positive <laughs> they're going to see you and, as a positive and then they're going to look back and say did he just say Chester was an asshole <laughs> So I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna get the, the flack here. You're you're fine. There we go. <laughs> there I, I we don't go. care, but I don't care what other people think about no, me. So we're good. <laughs> and and same here. Uh, yeah. I, I I like I care I care like how I how I view myself <laughs> and like yeah, I'm not gonna change that. And I I see what you're saying. It's like what happened. It's just like how I see other things handled in the world today. Uh, I use I use Black Lives Matter as an example mm -hmm. all the time because like it's absolutely fascinating to me. Um, is just like if what I've seen in my life and uh, is the fact that this message is thrown out there like oh people need to still look at their whiteness people need to look at the racism in the world and all of a sudden there's people around me that think they're racist when they're not like that's how the level of insecurity sometimes, the low willpower that is in, that has in, in past moments been in myself. And now I see around me, I see a little clearer now. I see where a message is thrown out there into the news and all of a sudden someone's world is rocked versus a headline comes out and I have the ability to say, okay, move on. Mm. And so, just like that, Chester dies from suicide. And someone goes, oh my gosh, now I'm, I can't even, oh my gosh, wait, I'm, oh my gosh, I'm depressed too. Wait, this really shows like how I'm depressed. I'm like, wait, why haven't I considered suicide before? What's going on here? Versus someone that's kind of like mentally in the clear, like they're going to read that and be like, fuck, that's sad. Yeah. I loved Chester's music. I love Lincoln Park. I'm gonna be listening to Lincoln Park, and I know I'm good. Like, and oh snap, some of my friends are not doing too well. I'm doing a little better than them, and I seem to be handling it a little better. Uh, so I can support them. Yeah, I have the ability. So it's like again, it comes back to the core issue, or like the core message of like being good, like making sure I'm good. Yeah, because then anything any you, you you'll you'll notice that throughout this if they've mentioned some things and even before the interview we talked about things that are going on in the world i'm like yeah what's going on like and, I, and you tell me and you're like yeah it's never and i'm like yeah that's that's wild yeah it's wild um because like i know that there's nothing that's gonna be really happening in the world that's gonna like stop me from like enjoying myself that's something that's a, yeah, that's fun. That's a fun one. Yeah. Um, and I do let outside or sources, you know, 
control my mood sometimes. I'm, I'll be honest with you. You know, and like I was telling you before, you know, before we went on the air, you know, I do news shows every day. So it's like I have to, you know, involve, I have to look at the news every day. But I choose, yeah. I, I, I will sit down and literally go through headline after headline after headline, news source after news yeah. source, because I don't want to find like the stories that are really like, oh my God, I cannot talk about this. I don't want to find those. I want to find stories that, I can easily joke about and make, you know, humorous uh -huh. opinions on and maybe have little right. rants about and stuff like that. But like the really dark ones, I, I can't, I, like I'll read the headline. Nope. Not even touching it. I don't even want to open it. Um, what was one of those? What was one of those today? Um, I don't remember. Like I, I, I've just like completely cut it out. I didn't even want to go back and look at yeah. it or like, but like yesterday, uh -huh. um, I saw one, but then I ended up talking about it because I ended up reading the story. But like when I first saw it, I was like, oh, my God, it was in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. A little girl, um, less than a year old, was <laughs> shot four times inside of her house. Wow. Yeah. And, and that's all it really said was Winston-Salem girl shot four <laughs> times. And I'm like, oh, my. and there was this <laughs> little picture of this little cute little baby girl. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. But then I was like, I'm not talking. I can't talk about this. So I'm like, I don't even want to read the story. But then I went back at it again. I went back and looked at it. I'm like, okay, I want to know if this girl's okay because it doesn't say yeah. if she was fatally yeah. shot or anything. So I wanted to read. And I found out, like, she was only in the hospital for a couple of days, and she's already back home. And the entire time she was in the hospital, she was laughing and playing around and having a go. girl was shot four fucking times and had no That's issues. Amazing. She's already back home. Yeah. Back to normal. Like, everything's fine. Wow. And I'm like, this girl's a freaking superhero. Yeah, she's absolutely. a, a real-life mutant. She's a she's an yeah. X-Men. She is, like, <laughs> Professor Xavier should take her now. You know, that's what I was feeling. I'm like, that girl's... So I did talk about it. And I was like... But it, it, it was a feel-good story. Because I'm like, this girl's amazing. And, yeah. and, you know, stuff like that. But, like, I, I see this stuff every day. And it's just like, it weighs yeah. on me. And it, it, it sucks. Yeah. And I, but I, I can't. Because that's, like, the source of my my livelihood i mean doing this show is like all i do mm -hmm. i mean i, I spend mm -hmm. my life online talking to people mm -hmm. putting out podcasts youtube videos whatever that's all my whole life and if i took that out i wouldn't have anything to talk about anymore <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i feel like you're finding all the stories because i think us us talking right now i know like one of your uh shows is is a news source uh, you know, is is a news a new show yeah. um, for sure, and uh, I wonder if it, if just because for me it's like life every day has its own amazing news stories. Like the people in my life, like I live in a a two home community living situation here in West Seattle. It's like right up next to a green belt, amazing forest. It's great, and just the things that and and the people that I know in Seattle that are like leaders in in this area and then across the world that i've met um through various experiences like burning man um and and all that that are changing the world i now get these amazing stories from them of just their lives and how they're impacting the world and how many times i check the news a day is zero yeah and i think i i made a conscious choice uh Gosh, it was probably, it was probably four years ago 
let's see, it's 2021. Yeah, probably four four years ago to actually just not ever look in the news. And every single time that there's something that I hear about the world, um, about what's going on, that's like kind of like important to know, someone just happens to tell me. Yeah. That's, did you hear about that thing? I go, nope. So you don't spend a lot What's of time. Happening? You don't spend a lot of time on social media then too, either. I, yeah, just, just on Instagram to post, um, my, my content to help people like really realize like what's important. So you um, post and then leave, you them. don't scroll. Yeah, no, I really don't. Oh, I, wow. I, I know there's, there's, I'll see the top post when it refreshes yeah. and it's usually someone that I know that's doing awesome things in the world. And I go, hell yeah. And I just like, <laughs> like it <laughs> and comment. I go, yeah, here we are changing the world. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, and if anyone wants to check that out, I'm love amped Seth S C T H, um, on Instagram. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's just something in the realm of mental health. It's like, that's a big one. <laughs> yeah. Again, uh, as somebody who suffers from bipolar disorder and anxiety and, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. PTSD, you know, not going on the internet and not going to a social media site is difficult for me because again, I spend so much of my day. That's all I do is right. network and social media and this and that growing my brand, building it up and, you know, trying yeah, to, right. you know, get over a hump and just, I, but then while I'm there posting and everything else, I like, okay, how else can I do this? Oh, let me find other hashtags and other things that are in my right. realm and then go and comment on them and like them and follow and, you know, build my presence with it. And I spend so much time doing that on a day. It's hard not to see other people's drama. <laughs> and, then yeah. and then I get involved mm -hmm. with it. I'm like, Oh wait, I got to talk about that. Hold on. I got to see what, what happened. What happened? What happened? <laughs> yeah, and absolutely. It, it, it just, it bothers me. Like, uh, you know, I'm recently just, you know, started my TikTok. Um, you know, again, it's another vehicle to, you know, build yeah, my brand. Totally. But then I'll like, I'll get, I'll get stuck on a TikTok rabbit hole of just watching other people's videos. But then like somebody would be like part one of eight. And I'm like, okay, I, I got to watch all eight now. Or like, mm -hmm. they like, but mm -hmm. they haven't put out five, six and seven. So I'm waiting all day. Okay. We're five, six, seven and eight. Come on. Come on. <laughs> post it already. I got another rest of the story. Totally. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Like I can't not pay attention to other people while I'm doing it. While I'm building my mm -hmm. own stuff, it's like I can't. I, I I feel the need to interact with other people as well because I you know mm -hmm. if I interact with them, then they'll know about me and vice versa. And, and it just yeah. it, but again, I just get stuck inside of this hole that just goes deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. <laughs> and then it's like, oh crap, right. my alarm's going off. I got to go do a show. <laughs> and then it's like, you know. And then I, I I zone out for a while. But then as soon as the show's over, you know I rename it real quick therefore i can easily find it later and then it's like okay back on social media and you know or or i'm gonna play some call of duty or whatever the case might be mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. just it's a method of growth but at the same time it's a rabbit hole that you just can't get out of and it does it does hurt me mentally i'll be honest yeah absolutely i know that i um especially it's because i have the background in in game development and i actually had a virtual reality and augmented reality uh, company that I was developing. We made, we worked with the Space Needle, the the UK government. Oh wow! All all these things, and uh, I was in kind of like an industry of kind of like 
unhealthy workplace habits, unhealthy like lifestyles. Um, I remember kind of Reddit was my my rabbit hole source, and sometimes you would YouTube rabbit holes. Reddit, um, Reddit, Reddit, and then rabbit holes are horrible. Just, yeah, and uh, just like kind of with the news, it was one day that I went, this is a choice. Like I can ask myself at any moment when I go to any website or, or open any app, I can ask myself like, is this gonna help me? Is this helping me? And then I can easily say like, oh, no. And then I just, then I just go and I just have, I've, I know that I have like willpower. Like I can, I can actually influence my own life and make decisions. And so um, of, of course, um, like sometimes I'll start to, I've, it's just, I notice that it's just the time in which I catch myself just like get shorter and shorter. Mm -hmm. I start to do something for me, it's, I still deal with emails and it started, you know, like, especially with this, when I started my business, like full time, um, I noticed that, oh, I'm like spending time on email, like multiple times a day. Like, why, why am I doing that? And so like now I'll like focus on doing, of checking like email, like really for real, like most at most two times a day to like um, just minimize the amount of time that I'm like, kind of like not focused. Like focus is a huge thing for me. Like being able to like block out periods of time, uh, the Pomodoro technique. And uh, I can't recommend this freaking productivity planner enough. This thing is awesome. Um, like it just helps me like focus on like the exact task at hand and like don't leave it until I finish it uh, kind of thing. Uh, Cause that's just like what everyone is experiencing is there's a lot of um, technology that's super useful and also a lot of aspects that um, can be a unlimited source of um, potentially like kind of harmful entertainment. Yeah. I mean, it's straight up just a stressor sometimes. I mean, there's no two ways around it. I mean, I have three emails that I check constantly throughout the day because it's constantly blowing up and it's like if i don't you know take care of this now it's gonna be worse by nighttime and that even stresses me out even more um so like to stop and you know not check one of the three emails addresses that i have you know just mm -hmm. do it two times a day that oh I don't, I don't know if i could <laughs> do it but at the same time i know i should you know what i'm saying i mean just looking yeah. at my inbox right now i mean on my one email address, I have, you know, probably 10, nope, 20 right there. Mm -hmm. And then I have mm -hmm. another 15 and then another one. And then I have probably yeah. another 10 and another. So it's like, it's all day and it's just nonstop. And it's just, I, yeah. I can't get away from it. And, but I'm, I'm like lots of other people too, that are the Absolutely. same freaking way. Um, mm -hmm. you know, you can't not live without it. I mean, you know, and not you specifically, but you know, mm -hmm. people that are listening or watching, when was the last time you sat down in, in your couch or your chair or in bed and watched a movie or TV show with your significant other or by yourself or your kids or whatever the case might be and didn't have your phone in your hand? When was the last time you watched a full 30 minute program and didn't have your phone in your hand? Or when was the last time you watched a full-length movie and didn't have your phone in the hand? Um, you know, 
it's like you're hard pressed to actually go when when was last time i did that you know right. and it's like holy crap you know just something as simple as that or when was the last time you you put away all your phones during dinner time and actually sat at the dinner table and actually had a meal with no phones I can't even answer that question. I don't even know. You know, I can't remember. I mean, maybe not even when I go to a restaurant. I'll still have my phone in my hand when I'm in a restaurant. You mm -hmm. know, it's mm -hmm. it's a constant thing. And, you know, social media is outrageous. Um, for, I don't know if you've seen it, but on Netflix is another thing called um, The Social Media Dilemma, I think it's called. Uh, yeah, The Social Dilemma. Social Dilemma, yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. uh, if you guys, if you have not watched that documentary yet, watch it. It is mind blowing. Um, but yeah, it, it's a it's an interesting watch. Um, but you know what? You know what the the complete irony of me saying that is the entire time I was watching that, I had my phone in my hand. <laughs> oh my gosh, Derek! <laughs> Derek! I I cannot lie. I I, I oh was scrolling gracious. things and replying to emails, and doing this and this. Because I don't know. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so interesting. People are that addicted? Okay, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I but I yeah, could not. I it's, mean, it's so, it's interesting because um, something that I, I coach a lot of people on is, is their focus. Yeah. Like creating just like absolutely like productive days um, and being able to eliminate things that don't work like truly commit to eliminating things that don't work. Like those, the things that you, you've told that you know that you want to, to change. Like there's like that commitment to yourself to fully change it and to stick with it. Um, Cause ha have you or anyone you've known ever worked with a life coach? Oh, we lost you. My fault. Um, I haven't worked with one, but I've talked to many. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Have, have anyone that you know worked with one? Um, my former co-host actually works with one. Really? Yes. What What did they say about their experience? Um, I think she just started within the last couple of months, if I remember correctly. And so far, it's been pretty positive. Nice. Nice. Yeah. For me, it was like um, one of the one of the benefits was I immediately uh, one session with someone. One session. I asked for a $30,000 raise and I got it just like that. Just like that, Derek. Wow. No, like things, things like that possible, very possible. Um, and every time I've talked with, you know, one, I have, I have many, like, I have many like mentors, coaches, teachers, all that stuff. And when I have someone that's like, so what are you going to do about that? truly like someone else you know i'm not just looking at myself in the mirror like like being able to say like so are you gonna commit to checking your email two two times a day and I, you get to say I, I, i'll try <laughs> <laughs> and then you it's trying gonna get you and then you, you know? then you start talking like yoda and say do or do not there is no trying yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and I'll be like, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'll be like, you have to take my phone away. <laughs> We're taking it away. We're taking it away. 
Um, Derek, do you, do you guys ever talk about psychedelics on this show by any chance? Yes, I, I am actually a huge proponent of them. Oh my gosh. Well, that is beautiful. So um, I use regularly, I regularly use THC and CBD for my anxiety because I do mm -hmm. not like um, Xanax or Klonopin. Um, so I regularly use that for that. Um, however, I have been doing a lot of research lately on uh, mushroom microdosing because I know mm -hmm. that the, uh, the effects of that actually do a brain reset and actually can lessen the effects of um, depression tenfold mm -hmm. over any drug that's on the market right now. So those two things right now are, like, are in my opinion, the, the two biggest helpers of depression and anxiety out there. And you can't get them, you know, unless you live in a state that allows it. And there's only and one state that allows m mushrooms, or now two, I should say. And then, Oregon. you know, yeah, um, Oregon. Yep, got to love Oregon. Um, however, they also legalize coke and crack, but we won't go there. Uh <laughs> yeah, 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 the decriminalization. Um, yeah, the decriminalization. But, yeah, um, but then, you know, marijuana and stuff like that, I, I, I'm a firm believer in that. So, I mean, hardcore. Have you, hardcore. Ever, have you ever experienced MDMA? No. Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, do you know about um, MAPS? No. <gasps> Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. So something, um, another thing that I've done is um, I've, I've volunteered and uh, worked with Zendo. It's called the Zendo Project. It's part of MAPS. Um, they are the leading, uh, MAPS is the leading researcher for um, MDMA um, therapy sessions for those with PTSD. And they also are doing studies with psilocybin mushrooms as well. And um, uh, one of the actually first ways that I experienced inner peace within myself, like what that means to me, like inner peace, is through an experience with MDMA. And so um, psychedelics have been really important to me. Again, if people check out the Instagram at loveampseth, um, you'll see I talk about um, psychedelics a lot. And I have a lot of videos on YouTube um, about psychedelics and even show experiences of me on, hold on, hold on MDMA. One second. Hold on one second, yes. Seth. For those listening, not knowing what MDMA is, it's Molly or ecstasy or however you want to look at it but though that's what it is so if you didn't know what that was that's what he's talking about okay continue yes <laughs> yes. yes and and usually ecstasy can sometimes be like a compressed pill mixed with other things recommend not doing that recommend getting the pure form correct um like a crystal form if possible um yeah and so um in those experiences i've 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 seeked out ways to help others um through experiences like that, I began um, to work with a local harm reduction group called Conscious Crew here in Seattle. Um, they worked with USC events, which did all the big raves here. Um, uh, the big ones are Freak Night, uh, Resolution, Lucky, and then the big, the biggest one is Paradiso that's at, held at the Gorge Amphitheater. So I was the lead of what they call the chill zone, where people can go if they're having tough psychedelic experiences and. Um, so through that experience and working with Zendo, like at Burning Man, like helping people through their like first time experiences on LSD, like out in deep playa, and they're like, my world is freaking flipped upside down and changing right before my eyes. And I'm like, I got you, I've been there. Um, I am I am now like just a just quite quite the ninja at um ex like helping other people through those experiences and supporting them. Um 
and because they continue to change my life as well. Um, you know, through experiences. Uh, have you ever experienced ayahuasca, Derek, by any chance? No. Have you ever heard of it? Uh, I have not. Wow. Oh my goodness gracious. That is exciting. Um, ayahuasca is kind of, it's kind of like the, one of the mothers of, of all of the psychedelic experiences. Um, wow, Derek, I'm surprised you haven't heard about this. This is wild. This is great. Um, an introduction and hopefully uh, anyone that hasn't heard about it yet, um, this will be, you know, your first time. Uh, it's it's a DMT basically um, mixed with an, in, uh, an inhibitor that makes it last a little longer. So DMT can be like vaped or smoked or whatever. And it's usually like a five minute experience, you know, kind of like blast off into the universe, kind of dissolve and like be one with it all um, is like a, a generalization and everyone's experience is unique. I've had different experiences on it. Um, it's been very important um, for my uh, kind of growth and development in myself. And ayahuasca is no different. Uh, it's, it's over the course of like more four or five hours. It's kind of like, for me, it's like experiencing vision, like, like dreams, like how a dream shows up, like at night where it's kind of like in the view, it's like up here. It's like, if I were to have it, it's like in front of me like this. And so like, I always have these like visions that, that appear. And actually, um, you know, since we were talking about my mom, um, it was, uh, I've had visions of her multiple times on ayahuasca and I've, I've, I've experienced, um, moments where I visualize, I see her death. Like I see her ending her life and like just having that, just, um, just kind of like witnessing it and like being witness to her and, um, you know, kind of having a conversation with her throughout that experience. It wasn't until this, the third, uh, ceremony experience that I had um, that I actually saw her in like her kind of like highest form, like elevated self, like passed on, like enjoying the infinite. And like, it, this is really wild to hear. And even as I talk about it, I'm like, this is wild. Well, I mean, the thing about it is for those of you who don't know, and you know, we both know this, you know, the things that you're saying you know, people at home are like going, why is this important to mental health? Here's the thing. So for years and years and years, people, LSD, mushrooms, um, MDMA, and um, marijuana, obviously, and CBD have been studied to for the effects of, for you know, for cancer and other, you know, mental health and anxiety and blah, 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 blah. And there's really strong evidence supporting it. But Absolutely. then we have Pfizer. Then we have GlaxoSmithKline, and then we have Moderna going, but we have all these drugs that if yeah. we start doing this instead, how, how can yeah. we, we, we're going to lose money. We cannot. And that's what's going on right now in this country. You know, um, we're not talking about heroin or crack. No, that's completely different. But psychedelics have been proven. And for some reason, they're not legal yet for obvious reasons um, that they reset your brain. <laughs> They calm the effects of cancer. They help you eat. They, you know, they um, help you with your anxiety. There's a whole string of effects that have happened because of it. And that's why so many people are using psychedelics these days because they realize the positive effects it really does have. And, you know, you can think we're crazy all you want, but do the research yourself. So continue absolutely. on. I, I do appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And, and for those out there that have like, oh, I heard about this. Yeah, I hear even personal stories that people are like having these 
positive experiences and their life is better forever. And there it goes. Um, and I just want everyone out there to know that I used to be so scared. I was so scared. Like I was 20 when I did MDMA for the first time. And it was challenging every aspect of my identity. I was like, um, first of all, I view myself as a straight edge. I view myself as a good kid. I don't want to mess up my brain. I don't want to be dumb forever. I don't want to like be viewed as like a drug kid. I don't want to like um, potentially have this change my life. And I like quit college and I, and I lose all my friends and all, all that stuff. Um, and I said, no, my life is important. You know, like I chose me in that moment. And I said, and I said yes to life. Um, and I, I never looked back, you know, it helped me start to really just question why is there a lot of things going on? Why are they, why are they the way they are? Like, am I just accepting that? Am I just allowing it? Um, and the answer was like, oh yeah, things are, th things don't need to be the way that they are. Uh, and so it's, it's being able to, I've been able to then find other people that are, as I mentioned earlier, like that are leaders that are changing the world that are truly like have the influence, the power um, and the abundance to create this change. And so I feel like we're just like Derek, you and me, we're, we're, we're raising the vibration. We're bringing more light yeah. into this world. Um, disclaimer real quick. Disclaimer. Neither one of us are condoning the use illegally of these drugs. However, if you chose to do so, that's your decision. However, we are advocating for positive uses, medical uses in order to help our mind, not to go to a rave and get freaked out and want to be touched by people. No, 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 no. For your mental well-being. Um, I have a feeling it would probably be a positive experience, though, even though. Yes. Absolutely. I'm not debating that with you. It's 100% right. <laughs> um, yeah. And plus, have you ever heard of anyone, you know, um, you know, shooting up buildings on MDMA. No, they just want to hug and love each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's impossible. Exactly. Like, Derek, I've done this with my dad. You know, like, I've been able to, like, our relationship has changed ever since the first time yeah. we did MDMA together. Like, and, uh, you know, he's also experienced DMT. He's also experienced mushrooms. He's done all of this in my, in the, my, like, family, like, my friend circle. You know, like, they've, like, we've, like, all... They just all love him so much, and, you know, and he loves them so much. And it's just like, it's this fully like group healing experience. And um, uh, yeah, it's like having my dad in my world. It was like helping like him see me fully um, from who I, for who I am and who I'm becoming. Yeah. Um, it, it, but it's amazing. You know, the, the things we don't know about, you know, who we are, the things we don't know about mental health, the things that we want to know, you know, they're being hidden from us, you know, number one. Absolutely. But then number two, there's so many other, you know, whether it's the cell phone and social media or the news or whether it's, you know, the government or Moderna or whatever, you know, there's so many other outside influences that are attacking us on a daily basis that make right. what already chemical imbalance possible in your head, you know, that make you bipolar depressed or, you know, um, schizophrenic or whatever that now are exacerbating it. And now you need even more help from these people that are making it worse to begin with. 
and and the falsehoods of it all. Like, you know, one of my biggest, you know, pet peeves about the um the you know, the drug industry is this. Like and a lot of comedians have made jokes about this. But like mm-hmm. it, it's it's a hundred percent factual. The fact that the the side effects of some of these drugs are worse than the actual thing they're trying to treat. You know? Yes. And and when you look at some of the other things like for example, like Lexapro and Zoloft, anything that's um mental health related that's called an SSRI, a serotonin, yeah. you know, inhibitor, you know, um has sexual side effects. So now you were depressed because you were just depressed and now you're depressed because you can't have sex and you don't want to have sex. So now they're now you got to go take another pill to help that. And it's like yeah. it's yep. ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah, the story deepens. Both my former partner was on antidepressants, super low sex drive. I was 25 and I had made my sexual debut like earlier that year you know I was like ready to explore and then being with someone where it's like I just actually don't ever want to and it's like what is going on and uh and then same with um with my mom she was on lorazepam and um another anti-anxiety um or maybe that was the anti-anxiety she was on two things at one time um, and then one for another. And it was actually when they switched her from one thing to the other, that was also within two days of her ending her life. And they talk about the idea that switching these or changing the dosages can be so dangerous. Yeah. So I'm, dangerous. Um, like in my research and I, you know, you can say I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. That's fine. Um, not you. I'm talking about everybody else. Yeah. 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 yeah um, absolutely. You know, in my experience is like, you know, there's more suicide deaths with people on, you know, antidepressant medication than there is people off. Well, number one. Number two, yeah, you what? know, the one you the, know? the 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 number one most prescribed drug in the country for depression leads to more suicides than anything else, which is Zoloft. Okay? Yeah. And that was the first drug they put me on, which made me suicidal. And I, I got off of it within a week. I was like, I cannot do this. No, 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 no. Um, I take Lexapro now, but I don't have those thoughts anymore. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I still have my down day. I mean, Lexapro works pretty damn well for me. I'll, I'll admit that. Mm-hmm. Um, Zoloft did not. Um, and then there was another one that I took too called, uh, I can't remember what it was called, um, but it did not work either. Um, but Lexapro does work, but the thing about it is, again, there's so many other side effects that come along with it. You know, yeah, it doesn't handle anxiety very well. You know, so you got to take something else on top of that in order to make sure that this is. But then at the same time, if you're bipolar, you need an additional medicine on top of that, and then this, and then this, and then. But then you see these drug commercials. Oh, if your antidepressant isn't doing what it's supposed to do, try this too on top of the other and so don't take two antidepressants and it's like oh yeah. my god, oh my it's, god. It, it's a you know, no matter what you can you know you can say it's working for you but then there's so many other things out there that it's just like it, it's it's mind-boggling that people aren't yeah like, up in arms more about it, mm-hmm. it, it it's it's mm-hmm. it's just baffling absolutely i i completely i completely agree and i i still like I had a really close friend of mine two weeks ago uh, say that they were they were thinking about going on antidepressants for the first time in their life. And this is someone who I like, I look up to and I think is doing incredible things um, for this world and for the people in it. Um, 
and I, I told this person like, like, I'm not gonna like, let this be the reality. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make like a loving stand. Like, I'm gonna like intervene in this way. And this person had never tried MDMA in their life. And I'd been talking to them about it for years, years. And they finally decided to have the experience. And I, I kid you not, one beautiful weekend experience at an Airbnb. And they're not considering taking antidepressants anymore. They like have found within themselves the emotion that they've been wanting to feel like that they've, they've been disconnected from their emotions and thinking positively in those moments. And MDMA really helps with creating those like new neural like pathways, like being able to like have the relief from like the weight of it all, but, and then be able to create like, like create, you know, like in their own headspace, like the new positive outlooks, the, the new, um, kind of like ways of just like being present with oneself and enjoying um, that that carries on. Um, and so that's why, uh, you know, another reason that it's so important for you, it's so important for me to talk about this all the time. Because even in the my inner circles, um, sometimes people still talk about doing that. And I just like, I say, no, I've been through this experience too many times with too many people close to me. They're like, I, I cannot allow for it to continue. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the biggest advocate for antidepressants. Um, <clears throat> I know they work for me and for now at least, but I'm hoping that by, yeah, right. by the time they stop working, there'll be other alternatives out there. Because um, they, the fact is a fact. I mean, they will eventually stop working. I don't care what... If you're on antidepressants for the last ten years, I bet you a dollar your yeah, your milligram I've heard that so many times your milligram I've heard usage that so has many times. gone up every year or every five years or whatever the case might be, and now you're yes. probably reaching the highest dose because your your brain eventually shuts off to it. Well, you yep. know these psychedelics prevent that from happening and actually just reset your brain and again just help get things back to normal. And it's amazing exactly. that that happens. Um, but again, if it works for you, they work for you. I mean, I'm not, you know, especially, you know, uh, for someone who actually takes them, I can't say not to take them. Um, but, you know, I was able to, again, you know, find other ways of dealing with my anxiety because, you know, at least, you know, Lexapro isn't a narcotic like uh, Xanax or Clonopin. You know what I'm saying? Right. Those two yeah. anti-Xanax, Xanax is wild. They're, they're title, they're, they're uh, whatever they're called, um, uh, Schedule one. Schedule one. Thank you. Narcotics, you know, on the same level as like heroin and everything else like that. I mean, that's what they literally are. And mm -hmm. so, you know, and CBD and THC has been proven to help with those. So I don't have to take them anymore. So yeah. I'm, I'm lucky about that. Um, it's just everything else. I, I don't want to, you know, mess because I know I have, you know, had suicidal thoughts and I know I, I don't want to mess with this Lexapro mm -hmm. until other things happen. So I, I'm a little bit more cautious with that. Um, but my doctor was like, right. yeah, fucking smoke up, dude. <laughs> Have fun with that. He goes, take a gummy bear. I don't care. And he goes, if you don't want to take Xen, right. he goes, I'm more than happy not to prescribe you Xenix or Clonopin anymore. He goes, if you want to take right. THC, that's fine. He goes, for now, do it illegally. And once I, I'm able to prescribe it to you, I will. He goes, but that's fine. It's up to you. He goes, I'm not, right. I, I, he goes, I'm not condoning it, 
but I'm not telling you to not do it either. Yeah, there's <laughs> so like, many winks. I love my like doctor. Thirty so winks many. there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now he's he checks on me every once in a while. He's like, hey, so I was, I'm like, dude, I'm doing great. Uh, he's like, oh, perfect. <laughs> Had a bear this morning. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I usually take it at night to go to sleep because those, man, those fucking, um, those edibles, man, they. I don't care how little of a dose of that is. Um, still hits you pretty hard. It still hits me pretty hard. And, and, you know, I get mine. The THC I use are is the legal version, the THC Delta 8 versus the Delta oh. 9, if you know the difference. Do you know the difference? I actually don't know. I've been out of the cannabis so, game for a so, while. Um, so in the cannabis industry, there's two different types of cannabis. Obviously, you've got hemp, and then you've got marijuana. Hemp is legal now, okay? And inside okay. of hemp, just like... All plants contain some level of THC. All plants contain some level of nicotine as well. But yeah. the, the, the THC level in um, hemp is actually 50% less potent than in um, marijuana. And because of the new agricultural laws that went into effect in like 2018, I think it was, hemp became legal. So deriving THC from hemp, which is called Delta-8, um, wow. is legal. So you can you can go on to any CBD website and you can find Delta 8 cartridges for vaping or Delta 8 gummy bears, oh. whatever, and they're completely legal to buy. And you can even they'll oh, even great. deliver them through UPS. I mean, and oh, that's great. Yeah. I mean, 100 um, percent. They're very expensive, but it's completely legal <laughs> yeah. to buy. Um, the place I get mine from is actually in Oregon. And they mail them to you. It's a legal website. You know, everything. You know, I even pay through it for, for, through PayPal. I mean, it's it's that safe. It's that okay. Um, but again, the Delta 9 THC, which comes from marijuana, obviously that's still illegal, federally at least. Um, but Delta 8 is completely fine. And that's what I use. However, Eight. again, disclaimer. Delta He's 8. disclaiming. Delta 8 still shows up on a drug test, people. And you will lose your job if it shows up. Just let you just because it's legal doesn't mean your job won't fire you for it. Just like if you get caught drunk on the job, it, you know, same difference. But again, it is legal at least to own um, and consume. So Delta Eight is good. Just you know, look it up for yourself. But um, that's how I consume my CBD or and my you know my uh, THC, um, and it hits hard. <laughs> just one little freaking you know, edible man will knock me out. But it helps out. me. It helps me sleep. Uh -huh. Um, I, you know, helps my pain. Um, cause mm -hmm. I have, I have neck and hip issues. Um, I mean, it, there's so many good benefits from, you know, from a THC. It's ridiculous. Absolutely mm -hmm. ridiculous. Mm -hmm. and, and again, it, it all comes down to big drug companies, not wanting to give up their stronghold on the pain management and stuff like that. They'd rather give us legal, uh, you know, drugs that are addictive than, Non, right. you know, yeah, which is stupid. But. Yeah, and I, I would love to also bring awareness in the realm of, of sleep as well. He was talking about that, how important sleep is and like having a good night's sleep. So like, this is something that I, like I got these, uh, they're blue blocks, the sleep plus ones. Um, and so they block, you know, blue light and green light. Um, and I wear them like every night before I go to sleep to make sure that because there's so many sources of light in in my house um that just can be 
just really, really harmful for like the circadian rhythm. You know, um, I have like, you know, blue light reduction turned on on all my devices um, that I can do that. And it's really me helped me sleep better. It's like so fundamental. It's like basic. Yeah. I have blue light reduction on my phone, but like, nice. but down here in my studio, in my basement, I, I mean, I've got light here, light there, yeah. light yeah. here, two more lights yeah. there. And yeah. I need blue blocker light uh, glasses for when I'm recording because I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, just like looking, I have three lights that I look directly into, which yeah, is right, right next to my computer in order to keep me, you know, looking professional. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> so it, it's, yeah, I, I definitely need it. Cause I definitely feel the effects. Like when we, when we're done with this interview, I'm going to like turn off all the lights and just be like, Oh yeah. I mean, like, it, oh it, 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 it wears on you. It, th those lights really do wear on you. Um, if Absolutely. you're, if, if you're a business person that works in front of a computer all day, get blue blocker glasses. I mean, or blue mm -hmm. blocker screen protector, you know, for your computer mm -hmm. or something that they make those as yeah, well. That's another one. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different things that you could use. I mean, and those, the, the effects are that as soon as you turn off the light, the effects don't go away. It, it lasts a little no, bit. Yeah. No, it's like, I, I've noticed like just the, the night and day difference of, of having that exposure. Um, and then, or not having that exposure for a while and then bring it on and then, and then closing my eyes and going like, oh yeah, there's the, I feel it like, like throughout my brain and my eyes. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the source of um, some headaches, you know, come from that mm -hmm. kind of stuff too. And if you can reduce right. your amount of headaches and stuff like that, then you're reducing other intake of like, you know, Tylenol or Advil or whatever the case might be. So yeah, it's, right. it's all positive things. I mean, the littlest things you could do to take care of yourself and self-care, you know, yeah. is just important. I mean, taking the extra five minutes at night, every night to go wash your face, you know, get yourself mm -hmm. some clean and clear and just wash your face. You know, mm -hmm. even if you didn't shower, that's, you know, that's fine. If you're a morning shower person, just washing your face at night, just to cleanse away the stress of the day from your face helps, mm -hmm. you know, or, you know, taking that extra, even if you're not going to go outside all day long, putting on pants, brushing your hair, brushing your teeth, whatever the case might be, taking that extra five minutes of not doing anything already <laughs> to right. take care of yourself is important. You know, mm -hmm. you know, self-care, self-love, you know, is so, 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 so important. I mean, it is regardless of how little it may seem, it can help. If you just take two seconds to brush your hair on days where you're off and not planning on doing anything except for watching a Marvel movie marathon and sitting around eating chips and beer all day long, but you brush your hair, mm -hmm. you still took care of yourself a little bit and you feel better towards it. Yeah, and uh, I think it's it's worth noting um, those that are listening that um, are kind of in the search for like a long lasting like romantic partner. Uh, there's a lot of research out there that um, it's a lot of them, a lot of the research done by Kristen Neff, actually, um, she's amazing, um, that shows that people that have more like higher levels of self-love within themselves um, are able to, that are actually like more attractive to potential partners, that they are better partners in relationship, they're more understanding, they're more um, forgiving, they're more able to like compromise in healthy ways. Yeah. Um, and better communicators and uh the list goes on the like amount of life satisfaction like the percentage that goes up is is very high and um 
it's just amazing that I had to find this out myself. No one presented this to me. Yeah. Um, and so like, I want to be uh, able to help others find that uh, for themselves. And I even, uh, I have like um, my call uh, link on, on my website, um, on my Instagram. And uh, if anyone ever wants to, uh, if I invite you, if you're thinking to yourself, I'm, I'm feeling disconnected from life. I'm feeling like I'm not living fully. I feel like I'm not, um, I think that I'm, I don't have the core relationships that I want, um, be it friendships, romantic relationship with parents even, um, and not feeling like the work maybe that you're doing is not contributing to your, your purpose or, or finding fulfillment um, and not being able to feel free you know, like, please, like, schedule a 15-minute, like, amps call, like, with me, and we'll find what's not working, and no matter what happens from there, like, you'll have taken another step to, like, creating a better life for yourself and loving yourself. That's awesome, man. So, where can people find out more about you? What's your website and your Instagram again? Yeah, uh, loveamped.com, L-O-V-E-A-M-P-E-D.com. Um, and on Instagram at love amped Seth. So L O V E A M P E D S E T H. Um, and again, my YouTube videos are awesome. There's plenty of experiences of me, um, on MDMA as well, kind of seeing the mindset and I talk through the experiences, um, and I'll be posting more, uh, really, I have a really, <laughs> I just have great content of me on YouTube doing silly, silly, fun things. Um, and uh, yeah, and continue to see me if you're in Seattle as well. Um, I would love to uh, collaborate. Um, well, I love to collaborate with a lot of people and I just keep finding more people that are in Seattle specifically that are just freaking awesome that I'm uh, scheduling workshops for. Um, I post my workshops um, on my Instagram and on my website under the events tab. Um, I'm actually doing one tomorrow um, at 3 p.m. Pacific that's going to be online. It's called Love One, Love All. I'll be doing it with my friend Elizabeth Cunningham. She's a love, sex, and relationship coach. Uh, she's a really good friend of mine, and we there's a lot of great overlap with the work that we do. Um, and uh, yeah, it's going to be really fun. It's going to be, it's really fun. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. Well, all of Seth's links are going to be in the description of the video and podcast, so please check him out. Follow him on Instagram, follow him on YouTube, and all the all of his other stuff, and check out his website, too. Um, Seth, dude, you are a, a badass, and I appreciate you coming on, Thanks. man. Thank you, Derek. I really appreciate I appreciate everything that you're doing for this world, that you are raising people up, that you're spreading just absolutely positive messages, and that you are... You know, spreading spreading truth to the world and um, basically fighting evil, Derek. You're fighting evil. Yeah. For anyone that watched the episode the other day from uh, that aired on Monday um, about my uh, episode with the, the the flat earther, you you know that I'm fighting evil because that guy is pure evil. But <laughs> 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 well, we won't go there. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And it's like, I learned recently, like the definition of like my definition of evil, which is like anything or one that is like blocking the progression of another 
beings. And that's exactly what this guy's doing, but we won't go there again. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Derek, this has been a treat. It has been. Uh, super fun. And uh, yeah, I just look forward to seeing it how, it, how it evolves. Absolutely, man. Well, I appreciate it. But again, guys, thank you so much for being here. Um, please come back again tomorrow for more fun content here on Sucker Podcast. But until then, stay happy, stay healthy, and as always, stay heavy, guys. Peace out. See ya. That's what I'm talking about.